Isaiah chapter 53, we want to share verses 4 through 6 again this evening. The Bible said, Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I want to preach and teach tonight on the atoning power of Christ, part three. You see, when we begin Wednesday night in part one, we want to take just a moment and just kind of refresh your memory, but we, in, in part one of this message, we looked at the four levels that a person could be healed. We looked at the first, the first level of healing is the laying on of hands, and this is when a person will come and lay hands on them, praying the prayer of faith depending on that person's faith and anointing to bring healing to their body. The second level of healing is the gift of healing, and this is the operation when God supernaturally heals the sick through ministry, anointed to pray for particular types of diseases through the direction and the unction of the Holy Spirit. The third level of healing is the elders being called and anointing with oil and them praying the prayer of faith. And I believe with all my heart that God has equipped the body of Christ with the power to minister to one another by calling for the elders of the church and letting them anoint them with oil and praying the prayer of faith. And I believe that they will recover and that they will receive healing. The fourth level of healing that we talked about was when we speak the word by faith and receive healing. This is when a person has enough faith to say, you don't have to lay hands on me. You don't have to anoint me with oil. You don't have to give me a prayer cloth. Just speak the word in the name of Jesus, and I'll receive my healing by faith in the spoken word. In looking at these four levels of healing, every one of these methods is dependent upon a person. Every one of these is dependent upon the move and the anointing and the faith of another person. In part two of the anointing power of Christ and the atoning power of Christ is the atoning works of Christ was provided because God wants us to be whole in mind, body, and spirit. And when we look at what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, it said, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart that the Lord wants us not only to be free of sin, but I believe that he wants us to be whole in our mind as well as our body. If we say that Jesus only died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, then we're only covering one part of the atonement that Christ provided for us at the cross of Calvary, which is the spiritual healing of the human soul and the forgiveness of sins. But I want us to look back just for a moment at Isaiah 53 and 5 as he went on and he said, But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. 
For this covers the spiritual part of the atonement, the forgiving of our sins. Then it said the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and this covers the mental and the emotional part of the atonement. I believe it's important that we realize that through the atoning power of the cross that God wants our minds to be healed. If there's any time that we need to have clear thinking, we need to be spiritually minded, I believe it's in these last days when we face more battles and more struggles and more attacks from the enemy in our mind than we do anywhere else. And then in the last part of this verse, in verse 5, it said, And by his stripes we're healed. This covers the physical part of the atonement. God wants us to be whole in every area of our lives. He wants us to be whole in mind, in spirit, and in body. You see, when Christ bore the crown of thorns on his head, they pressed down in the flesh, and with each drop of blood that flowed down his face, it was for the healing of every mental battle that man would ever go through or ever face. Every stripe that was laid on Christ's back was covering every sickness that would be known to mankind so that we could walk in healing and walk in health. And as Christ was nailed to the cross, every drop of blood that he shed was for our deliverance from the bondage of sin that we could be whole. God has provided through his son, Jesus Christ, everything that we need as a believer in Christ for us to walk in victory, to walk in health, to walk in healing, to walk in a sound mind, and to be victorious as a Christian. And I believe he wants us to be totally healed. Now as we go into part three tonight of the atoning power of Christ, I want to share with you for a few minutes another way that a person can walk in healing. Now this next way of walking in healing does not depend particularly on another person. It only depends upon you and upon the Lord. It all starts with partaking of the Lord's Supper, which is communion. You see, I want us to look back to the book of Exodus and the events that took place during Passover. When you go back to chapter 12, the Lord instructed the people to take a spotless lamb, one without blemish, that would represent the lamb without sin, which would eventually be Christ later on. For they were to make unleavened bread, and they were to eat the bread with a roasted lamb. You see, leaven represented sin, so they were to make bread without leaven or without sin. It said in Exodus 12, verses 9 through 10, he said, Roast in fire its head with its legs, its entrails. You shall let none of it remain. Eat it all before you depart. All means the head, the legs, the liver, the heart. It means to eat everything, every part of the lamb. Why were they to eat all of the lamb, every part of the lamb? That's a question that's pondered in my mind. 
But I have done research and I found some research uh, and I found some things uh, and studying after Perry Stone on the book that he written, The Meal That Heals uh, and different uh, authors uh, and I've got some things to share tonight. You see, since about 1930, people from the United States uh, have been going to Europe for a special treatment called uh, cell therapy. Dr. John Miller, who is a professional chiropractor out of Tampa, Florida, says that cell therapy is when you take an unborn lamb heart before its immune system is developed and you chop it up mixed with saline solution and you inject it into a human heart that is diseased and in a short time it will cure that diseased heart completely. There's documented proof of healing that this works. Dr. Miller says that you can take the liver of an unborn lamb before its immune system is developed, chop it up, mix with saline solution, and it's been injected in persons with liver disease, and in a short time, they have gotten better, if not totally healed. They've been children who has Down syndromes treated with cell therapy that have been made complete recoveries because of this treatment. So, Going back to the question, why were they to eat the whole lamb? So that day in Egypt, when God said, take a lamb that is without blemish, roast it with fire, and eat it all, he was saying everybody that eats the lamb's heart who has heart trouble is going to be healed. He was saying everybody that eats the lamb, the lamb's liver who has liver problems, is going to be healed. He was saying everybody who's got crippled legs, who eats the legs of the lamb, will be healed. He said, eat the head, eat all of the lamb. He was saying every person who is suffering from a disease in your head, if you eat the lamb head, you'll be healed. You see, even the psalmist David testified of the health of the people as they exited out of Egypt after Passover. When you look in Psalms 105, in verse 37, this is what David wrote. He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among the tribe. There was none of his people that was feeble. Now, this is miraculous. How can a group of people, 2.5 million people, that's been in bondage to the Egyptians and has served as slaves for over 450 years not have broken and bittle and worn out bodies? How can they not be broken? How can they not have physical ailments? How can they not be worn down? How can they not have physical problems? You can't tell me that after all that time as slaves in Egypt that none of them were sick and none of them were crippled. But David testified and said none was feeble among the people that came out of Egypt. But when they ate the lamb at midnight, if whatever they needed healed in their body was healed when that part of the lamb entered their body. 
when they partook of that lamb, they were healed. Their hearts, their backs, their legs, their heads, every part of their body was healed of whatever years of labor had destroyed. The next morning, I can imagine that Grandma, that couldn't hardly get in bed last night, leaps to her feet the next morning and says, Good God Almighty, I can walk, I can run, I feel like I could run through a troop and I could leap over a wall, I feel healed in my body. Now in the New Testament, Jesus comes into the room with his disciples to share with them the Last Supper. He does something strange. Instead of talking about the Passover in Egypt like he was supposed to, he takes a piece of bread and he blesses it. He breaks it and he gives it to his disciples. Then he holds up a cup from the fruit of the vine and he blessed it. And he says, take the bread and eat of it, for this is my body. Now take the cup and drink it, for this is my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now I want us to look at what Paul said to the church in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. He said, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do after as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes the church at Corinth celebrated the Lord's Supper continually and yet they were weak and simply and sickly people among them. Why? What Paul was telling them was this, that they would not be weak and sick or die before their time if they would properly, properly understand and discern the Lord's death. If they really get in their mind and in their heart what the Passover is, what the Lord has really done. What is the Lord's death? What has he provided for us? Oh, that by the thorns that he bore on his brow, I don't have to have mental or emotional problems. That by the stripes he bore on his back, I don't have to be sick because I'm healed. And by the blood that he shed on the cross, I no longer have to be bound to sin, but I can be saved. But if you don't understand the Lord's death... When you eat the bread and when you drink the cup, it doesn't do us any good. And I began to think about this. How many times have we come in church and we've had communion and we've done it just in remembrance of the Lord, but we never really thought about that he was the spotless lamb and that every time we partake of the bread, we're eating of his body and we're doing it in remembrance of him. And if he's the spotless lamb and he was whole, he was complete, he wasn't sickly. He didn't have sickness. He, wasn't, he, he didn't have disease. And we partake of his body. What does that bread do for us? What does the bread of communion do for us? 
I believe the body of Christ has missed the part of the healing covenant that comes with the atonement because we're not partaking in the Lord's Supper as often as we do. And when we do, we're not realizing what we're doing. We're going through the motions. We're going through the sacraments. We're going through communion. But we're doing it just because we've always done it. Not because of what it represents. When we look back at the children of Israel in the wilderness, manna fell from heaven every day except the Sabbath. Meaning every day the people ate bread that was coming from heaven. St. John 6 and 49 through 51 said, Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He said, I am the bread. I'm the living bread. I'm the bread that you partake of that is going to give you eternal life. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is interpreted house of bread, where the grain came from that went on the table of shoe bread in the temple. At Passover, the matzah bread that they used is square-shaped. It has lines in it. It's baked where it's got brown spots on it, and it's got holes in it. If you look at it, the brown represented the bruises of Christ. The holes represented the pierced of his body and the lines represented the stripes he bore for our healing and with his stripes we are healed in Acts 2 and 46 it said they continued daily with one accord in the temple breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart they're not talking about sitting around in fellowship talking about Jesus while having bread with butter and a cup of coffee. That's not what they're talking about. Their breaking bread is referring to the Lord's Supper. They partook of the Lord's Supper on a daily basis. But they remembered and they knew what it represented. We're living in a day that we could be hit with viruses or diseases that, that of infection at any time. And in light of this, I believe we need supernatural healing. We need a divine intervention. Well, I believe God has provided that every time we partake of communion. You say, but pastor, I don't have you at the house with me to lead me in communion. You don't need me. You got the word. You can read the scripture that Paul wrote you can read what he said you can find that it'll lead you and guide you through you don't need me but we need to realize that when we partake of it that we're partaking of the spotless lamb and when we partake of the bread we're eating his body and if you got something going on with you and you got some sickness in your body and you're eating the healer my friend you need to be healed when you take of the juice you're partaking of his blood. I believe that observing the Lord's Supper is the way that God provides healing for us on a daily basis. You say, well, that sounds good. That, that's really good. That's stirring. That's really phenomenal. But it, do you have anything to prove it? Dr. John Miller 
takes communion every day, seven days a week, before he does anything else and has not had as much as a cold in the past 20 years. When Johnny Cash was diagnosed with cancer, God spoke to Dr. Miller and told him to get to Johnny Cash, give him a tape on communion, and tell him to do it every day. Dr. Miller made a kit for him and sent it to him. Johnny was sick and weak that he had to stop performing. And Dr. Miller has a letter that's several years old that said the moment Johnny Cash started taking communion daily, he started seeing results, and God healed him of cancer. A lady by the name of Janet Blaylock was diagnosed with cancer but started taking communion every day. 39 days later, the doctors went in to remove her cancer and they could not find any cancer because there was not any there. I believe that God is still healing. I believe that God has provided us with all the tools, all the resources, all the knowledge that we need to walk in victory and health. And I believe with all my heart that God's going to start doing some miraculous things in healing in this church. I believe that God's going to do some miraculous things. Tonight, I want us to partake of communion tonight. But we're not just partaking of communion like we have for all these years. I've led you in communion since I've been here at least twice a year. And I've led you in communion and we've done it and we've had great services. We've had great moves. The anointing has been powerful. But I believe that a new revelation is going to help us realize we're not just doing it in remembrance of what Christ did. But we're partaking of a spotless lamb that can bring healing to my body. And every time I partake of that bread, I'm claiming healing for my body. Every time I partake of that juice. I'm claiming healing for my body I'm claiming deliverance from sin I'm claiming victory in my mind I'm claiming power in my spirit I believe that as we partake of communion God is going to do some things In your life, in your heart, and in your spirit I believe God can turn things around And I believe God can do it And I believe this is the answer and one of the ways that God's going to move in these last days. I appreciate the presence.